I'm so excited to welcome this guest. We have been playing phone tag, Facebook tag, all the tags to try and schedule this interview. And I'm so excited that we finally have the opportunity to do so. Between her busy schedule, traveling all over the place, and playing Christine and Phantom of the Opera, Allie Ewald is finally here to uh, be on the show. So I'm very excited. And good, what time is it? Good afternoon. I'm so excited you're here, Allie. Thanks for being on. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Um, so we talked in the intro a little bit about Christine, but we'll get to that in a little bit because I want to talk about so many other things first. And I want to talk about number one, what you're doing these days. Very good question. I actually, right before I was talking to you, was looking up flights for a, um, yet to be disclosed, um, summer gig that I have. I actually have two, two summer gigs. So hopefully, you know, those of you out around the country can come and catch me. They should be announced. Uh, I think pretty soon on my social media and Playbill and all that stuff. So I've got some fun um, new shows, and they're both shows that I've never done before, so I'm excited. They're like three-week gigs where, you know, you learn the show really fast and throw it up on its feet and um, and get to kind of collaborate with your coworkers in a, in a wild and crazy way, and it's very magic of theater kind of experience. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and... Yeah, it's exciting. And then I'm doing a bunch of readings. Um, I just got back from Utah. I was doing um, a brand new musical called Gold Mountain, and we were performing out in Utah, um, uh, which was very exciting because it was for the 150th anniversary of the completion of the Transcontinental Railroad. And this year, the 150th was the first year that they um, acknowledged and included the Chinese-American population because thousands of Chinese immigrants actually helped build the railroad um, and had not been properly acknowledged in the past. But we remedied that this year, and we actually did a musical um, that was about that. So it was it was kind of amazing to, you know, bring some historical context into into our musical and to share that story with people. So lots of cool things like that, lots of... Lots of um, different, challenging, um, excitingly creative things. That's incredible. Congratulations. I'm very excited. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Now, did you, um, do you know the cast that you're going to be working with? Um, this summer, I know some of the, uh, some of the cast members in both shows, but I don't know the entire, I haven't gotten the entire cast list. Oh, that's so yet, awesome. So I'm excited, excited for both those things. But the people that I know are amazing. I'm so, so excited. I'm, I can't I'm, wait. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Oh my goodness. So, let's see. I There's so many things to talk about. You um, have quite the incredible accolades. I do want to talk about one thing, because I always ask my guests where they went to college. And I would love to know where you went to college, because I just found out some very <laughs> fun information. 
I went to Yale University. I was an undergraduate uh, liberal arts student, uh, and I majored in psychology. And you graduated, go ahead. Cum laude. Thank yeah, you. I mean, it wasn't the top top, but I did okay. Oh, a, I'm sorry. A little louder for the people in the back. Cum laude. That's amazing. Um, and so you were born and raised in Chicago. I actually was raised, I was born in Chicago, but I was raised um, in a small town called Pleasantville, New York, in Westchester County, oh. like 45 minutes north of New York City. Mm-hmm. Isn't there, this is probably a terrible thing to ask, but isn't there like a horror movie that's based there or something? <laughs> it's actually not, it's a, It's really cute, it's um, Reese Witherspoon, I forget who else is in it, but it's about a TV show where everybody is perfect, and they live in black and white, and their basketball team always wins, and then these kids are obsessed with the TV show, and they sort of like fall into the TV show, and that is their Pleasantville. Oh my god. <laughs> that came out, um, and um, most of us, I, I would say like, you know, the people that grew up in Pleasantville, which was a lovely, lovely, very, very pleasant place to grow up, which <laughs> as a kid is sort of horrifying, because you want excitement, and things that are edgy, and cool, and like, Pleasantville was just like beautiful and picturesque and safe and everybody knew everybody else's business and when that movie came out we were all just super mortified because like our name was associated with sort of like the ideal you know little happy family person lifestyle even more now i kind (laughs) of just want to go there just to see it it's really, it's really lovely. I mean, you can walk around the downtown. It'll take you about like two seconds. It's actually too small to be a town. We're within the town of Mount Pleasant, so it's the village of Pleasantville. But I went to Pleasantville High School, um, and that's where I sort of cut my teeth doing musicals because musicals were actually like super cool um, in my high school for um, for the reason that we had this incredible teacher, Dr. Velatino, who I have pledged to um, give you know all of the credit for my success, all of us had to do that, um, and 10%, but I've been, um, I, I'm a little behind on the 10%, Doc, so I <laughs> make sure I mention him, but he was the most incredible teacher because he had such a passion for music and theater, and he did the chorus and the band, and he just got the whole community excited about doing musicals and, like, really honoring the work of them, and anybody could be in them. You didn't have to audition to be in the ensemble, and so we would have, like, in our high school of 400 students total, we'd have about 100 kids, um, in the shows and he would find some place to like, you know, to put them. And so, and it was very much seniority based. So I did so many shows, um, in the chorus before I got to play principals and I had just learned so, so much through that whole process. So it was really critical in my Um, theatrical development. (laughs) That is an amazing quote because I feel like for so often, um, I have a lot of listeners that are high school listeners and they have to deal with, Um, seniority-based programs, and some of them don't have to deal with seniority-based programs. But I feel like, and I'm curious to to hear your thoughts on this, we we have such a hard time in in modern theater with our youth that they're so focused on the leads and the principles of the show, which I think is great. But I learned so much as a performer in the ensemble, just being able to watch everybody else. What do you feel about that? I completely agree. I've had experiences both through high school, but also professionally being both in the ensemble and um, and as a principal and even having played a lot of principal roles. And then when I did this last King and I revival at Lincoln Center, I had been pretty much my most of my career, you know, for the, the prior, I don't know, 
10 years had been playing principals. And in the King and I, I was in the ensemble. I understudied Tupton and I loved it. I had, I felt very artistically fulfilled. I felt like I got, especially because we were very involved in the direction of the show. And so I felt like my character had a through line. I felt like she was participating in the action of um, of the show as much as anybody else. And I got to sit and watch Kelly O'Hara, which, I mean, come on. Right. Just, you know, be brilliant and amazing and present and honest and real. And um, and I, I don't know. I, I learned so I learned as much from that as I've learned from, from any experience. And, and I think it's, you know, I think it's like anything in life. It's really if you if you find the ways to make it fulfilling and you're committed to doing that um, and to being grateful for the situation that you're in, I think you will have um, an amazing learning experience regardless of, you know, if you have one line or if you have like 10 songs. That's incredible. I could not agree more. And I'm so thankful you said that. I'm so thrilled. Um, I wanted, I'm so appreciative. Thank you. I wanted to talk about your, Broadway debut was in the 2006 <laughs> revival of Les Mis as uh, Cosette. What was that like? Do you remember your audition process? What happened there? I do. Oh, this is this is quite the story. Okay, so I um, I auditioned first for the tour. It was the end of the original production, so it was like the end of the third national tour that had been out since the 80s. And I went in with the Cosette material. I auditioned like one quick thing. I sang through like Heart Full of Love and In My Life and I didn't hear anything for like three months and then I was doing summer stock in New Hampshire and I got a call from my agent saying the Lane Tour is asking if you're available to come out and understudy Cosette and um, and actually I had, this is interesting, I had already booked a small tour of the King and I to play Tuckton. And my and I said, Well, I want to play Tuckton because, you know, that's a great part and I want to do this show. And my agent said, No, no, no. They're like, it doesn't matter like the ensemble part in Les Mis is going to do great things for you. It's gonna be great for your career. You're gonna get so much experience. Like you need to take this job. And we went back and forth for a while. And thankfully I listened to my agents. They were hundred percent right because um, it was a big tour, it was a big deal. I learned a ton in the ensemble and then um, we were all um, they told us that they were going to close the tour and they said, if you want to, you can audition for the Broadway cast that's going to be coming into town. And so they flew us from, we were in Cleveland, we flew from Cleveland to New York and they traveled our luggage to Cincinnati, which was our next destination. And then we flew from New York to Cincinnati. And so it was basically my whole cast went into audition, which is sort of just awkward and weird because you're auditioning for a job that you're doing currently <laughs> right. and all this stuff. Um, and I mean, thankfully, like, you know, everybody was lovely and supportive, but it was just, it was very charged with insecurity and emotion and we all wanted it so badly, but it was, I don't know, it was, it was a very strange circumstance. Um, and so I went in, I sang the material and I remember John Caird, who was the director, was like, Hmm, I think you've done very well. And then I left, I went to Cincinnati and I got to Cincinnati and I got a call saying that I had a call back. So I had to fly back to New York, and I was actually the only one in my cast at that time that had a callback. Um, a bunch of people also ended up being cast in it, but um, so I had to fly in, and I was understanding Cosette at the time, and I had a callback for Cosette, and so that was kind of awkward. Oh my god! Trying to like not make a big deal of it, and I came in, and um, and <laughs> my my callback 
was in New York. I had like my little suitcase because I come in from Cincinnati and I went to get a, a rehearsal room to warm up in beforehand. And between the rehearsal room and the audition, a bird pooped all over me. No. <laughs> And it was like an ill bird. Like, it smelled bad. It was really terrible. <laughs> and so I rolled up to my audition. And I don't have an apartment. Like, I, I can't go anywhere. And so I just sort of walk in. And it ended up being the most amazing icebreaker. Because everybody, I knew a couple of people that were auditioning. Um, actually, Adam Jacobs. Was a, um, I got to audition with him, and he and I had done the tour previously. Um, and um, and so, but the people that I was meeting for the first time, like, you know, Leah Michelle, it's like, it's so nice to meet you. A bird just pooped all over me. I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. That's funny. <laughs> In its way, like, I know it also is supposed to be good luck, but it was kind of, and when I went into the audition, I also said to them, I was like, I'm so sorry if you smell something weird. I was walking down the street, and a bird pooped on me, and I think it actually really, like, set me at ease, um, because I had something to, to talk to them about that was perfectly honest and real, and um, and I wasn't entirely wrapped up. You know, I, I was distracted kind of in a good way, um, in a way that made me seem more like a human being than like a, I'm so nervous, I'm auditioning, and I need to be perfect Absolutely. kind of thing in this moment. So I think it was actually a really lucky circumstance. And in that audition, it was cool because they paired us, they, they wanted to see trios of a Cosetta, Eponine, and a Marion. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, I was the only Cosette there, which of course I didn't, I was trying not to take as too good of a sign um, at the onset, but so I just got to play with um, with everybody there, with all the people auditioning. Um, Telly Leung was there, um, and um, Megan McGinnis, and so it was it was a really wow. fun, you know, getting to work with really people that I had admired already for for some time and to get to play with them in that audition. And then like a week later or something, I took them a while to to call um, and tell me that I got the job, um, which then of course was also. Um, a bit awkward, even though the, the woman who was playing Cosette on the tour actually had decided that she would have preferred to audition for Eponine, so we weren't technically um, going in for the same part, but um, <laughs> you can imagine. It's still awkward. For a bit, of a, a bit of an awkward situation. Wow, that's insane. That's absolutely insane. <laughs> so you booked it, and you hung out at the Broadhurst <laughs> Theater for a little while. I did, yes. And then from... <laughs> And then from Les Mis, you went to The King and I. I did. In the, in the interim, I did, like, a whole bunch of... I did the national tour of West Side Story for a year. I did an international tour of that. I did, like, a bunch of other a bunch of other stuff in between. But that was... So it took me a while from my first Broadway show um, to get back on Broadway. Right. It took, like, about, ooh, about 10 years or so. So... <laughs> No, never, never, which isn't to say that I wasn't happy and working and, and whatever, but... Well, that's such a great, that's such a great segue, too, in terms of when you first book and then the next thing. What do you say to people that are so, and obviously you want to in this business, concerned with booking, 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 Broadway, Broadway, Broadway. What do you say in the, in, in that aspect of, it was 10 years in between and you were still doing what you love? Yeah, I think it's... Oh, so this business is really difficult because so much of it is being in the right place at the right time and being prepared in that moment because you never know when that moment is. And, you know, the casting directors and the directors, music directors are looking for something very specific and you just can't control what that is. All you can control is 
um, is your own craft that you're bringing to the table, how, how well prepared you are, what um, special gifts you have to bring to the table. And if they don't happen to fit into a Broadway show, I know I'm a very specific performer. I sing soprano. <laughs> like, that's kind of weird. Um, but, um, but I'm just trying to concentrate on doing what I do the very best. And sometimes that gets to be in amazing Broadway shows. And sometimes that means that, you know, that I don't work for a little bit or I do smaller shows or I do readings or I do a national tour or, you know, I think, um, I think fulfillment in this business comes in so many different packages mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be just one shiny, like Broadway show after Broadway show and, you know, and all of that stuff. I think, um, there, there are many different ways to make a career and they all look that's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. So now, you went, let's see, 2015 to 2016 was The King and I, and then, in my opinion, you got one of the most coveted soprano roles on Broadway. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, she's a big one. That, um, you know, that, again, it took me forever. I first auditioned for Phantom. I auditioned for the Vegas company. Actually, Sierra Bacchus and I were on the Les Mis tour together. And, um, and she left the Les Mis tour to open um, Phantom in Vegas. But that was the first time that I had auditioned for Phantom. Um, and that was a long time ago. That was, like, 2005, I think, five or six. Um, and then, you know, every now and then I would come back in, I would have callbacks, I would not have callbacks. Um, and so by the time it came around this last time, you know, I kind of was, you know, my agents called me and I was like, guys, but they, I've gone in so many times and they, you know, they clearly haven't chosen me. So why, why put myself through that again? Just try, you never know. Um, and, and thankfully, again, I followed that advice, which is very good advice. And, um, and I had, I had a series of callbacks, but for the, my first audition, I was a hundred percent certain that I didn't book it. Um, and then they called and said that I had a callback and I thought I actually burst out laughing because I was certain that they were not interested. <laughs> and, um, and then I had a really great callback where I got to work in the room um, on the material, and they gave me some adjustments, and I felt really satisfied with the work that I had done and listening and responding to those. And um, and then my final callback, I actually was in Chicago at the time doing a different version of The King and I, I was playing Tuftim at the Lyric Opera, and they asked me to come back in to perform for Hal Prince, and so I had to leave rehearsal. Thankfully, I had an incredible director um, who, um, who let me out of um of rehearsal a wonderful man named lee blakely who unfortunately has since passed away but really gave me the gift of the opportunity to he said i I got your back i will help you don't worry you can go to the audition um and then i got to my final callback and this really is not a thing that happens very often other than in television shows um but i got to audition on stage at the majestic i was standing standing on the stage looking at the chandelier um singing for hal prince and, um, and it, again, it was one of those moments where I was just really pleased. I felt like it counted. I felt like singing, singing Think of Me on stage at the Majestic, looking at the chandelier wow. for Hal Prince, like, counted as getting to sing that song that I wanted to sing. You know what I mean? Like, it felt like an arrival more than, right. um, more than an audition. Um, and I think that was helpful for my brain, for sure. I think, I'm sure I did better work because I wasn't trying to prove something, but I was, 
just really grateful for being there and trying to enjoy um, enjoy that moment and um, and take all of that in. And then they waited a whole week to tell me <laughs> if I booked it. So of course I was like dying. Um, and um, and they told me on a Friday. My agent called and said they said they're going to make an offer on Monday, but don't tell anyone. <laughs> wow. So that happened. Which, of course, I, I told my mother, but then I had to explain to my mom, you know, because my mom got really excited not to post it on Facebook. Right. And, um, <laughs> and tell everybody that she knew, because it wasn't official, official yet. Um, and then as soon as I finished with King and I, I flew, I flew in, um, I, I flew in the night that we closed King and I and started rehearsal the very next day for, wow. um, for Phantom on Broadway, which was really cool. Wow. So you open Phantom, you're, you open your um, time as Christine Daae on Broadway. What is that like to be, and I know you talked about it in the auditions and the callbacks and stuff like that, but then the audience loads in, you're getting ready for the first few chords of the overture and the music of that, <laughs> like, it's iconic. And the curtain goes up and all of a sudden, this is it, we're live and it's happening. What is that feeling? It's, uh, I mean, I, I was definitely nervous. I, it, I had one of those moments when I started to sing, because at least, um, you know, Christine starts in the ensemble with the dancers, and then she sits down, and, like, there's a lot of scenage happening, and then she gets up, and she starts singing Think of Me, and she's supposed to be nervous, which I think is totally helpful, because I started to sing, and I was like, hmm, yep, yep, voice is shaking, definitely, <laughs> definitely feeling nervous here. Um, but I think those are the moments when, like, you rely on um, on your training and trust that, you know, your body knows how to do it, and the rehearsals have engraved the things in. And, of course, like, you know, the first one is very blurry. Um, my One of my favorite phrases that we use is, um, shove with love. Um <laughs> which um, applies to people who are joining an existing show and everybody else knows what you're supposed to do except for you. And so right. you just kind of gently um, move you to the places that you're supposed to be so you don't get run over or are in somebody's way. Oh, God. Um, and thankfully, the, the company was very supportive and very helpful, you know, in that, in that whole process. Because that's also something that's very... Um, challenging and not really something you think about a lot is joining you know something uh, something that's been running for a long time I think that's a, um almost a different skill in its way is mm -hmm. finding where you fit into the puzzle and you don't want to be a carbon copy of the person who came before you but you also have to honor um the vision of the show and and how how it exists Absolutely. and the people who've been working on it and the things that they've created and all of that and so um I think that that's always, I mean, more than anything, you know, you don't, you don't want to be the person that sinks the ship when it's been like doing so well. Um, but, um, but no, it was, it was challenging. And I actually, my entire run at Phantom was challenging, which I think was a gift. I think it was really great that I, I could not fall into um, autopilot or I couldn't just sort of coast through it. I had to be really conscious because it was hard. Right. It was, the songs are hard. The emotions are hard. The dresses are heavy. There's a lot of physicality. There's a lot of running up and down stairs, which, like, is not really something I'm generally great at in real life. <laughs> um, and there are a lot of sort of environmental factors. I had, a, you know, a 
bad allergic reaction to the theater, to just sort of Broadway theaters are old and have a lot of must, uh, mold and dust and things. Um, but I think it was, um, I think it was, it was great to, to know that, you know, that I, I had to try really hard um, when I got to work and I wanted to, I wanted to um, produce the best possible product. And, and then, you know, going along with that is sort of, the forgiveness of oneself when one is not perfect, which right. we rarely are because we're humans and we make mistakes. And that's why people even see live theater because it's going to be different every time. If they want to see robots, they would you know, go see right. robots doing theater. Um, but I think that's also, that's hard. You know, I, I definitely have struggled with putting a lot of pressure on myself and, um, and, and learning how to forgive myself um, when I, you know, act like a human being or get sick <laughs> or whatever, you know, um, <laughs> make mistakes. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, did I answer your question at all? I don't oh, know. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You, so, your run on Broadway is happening and you have gotten to me because I follow both your social medias and I think I have spit out my fair share of coffee and died laughing at watching you and <laughs> Kaylee Ann do your hilarious videos. <laughs> Now, for those of you that don't know, there was a lot of lip sync videos that happened, and it was, I feel it was like (laughs) dueling Christine's, if you want to put it that way. So, I'm curious, one would ask, how do you have that time to do that? But it's so fun to have that camaraderie. So, what is that like to have that sister that gets it, if that makes sense? You know, it was, oh gosh, I just, I just love, I love Kaylee so much. She is a great person and an amazing, she's just like, I, she's an incredible performer, um, but she's just, she's just the coolest. And I think, um, I think one of the joys in my life in both Phantom and in like most, most of the shows that I've done has been finding that camaraderie um, with my fellow performers. And more often than not, they're with people who are either playing the same part that I am or who are understanding me, who are I'm, I'm understanding because you get, you get each other in a way that is sort of hard to communicate um, with other people because you're doing exactly the same thing. And I think, um, I think it's so, it's so critical to not see that as a competition, but to see that as like a team. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, <laughs> Kaylee, <laughs> because those, the photo calls where we filmed the like the two Christine lip syncs um, are very fast and they're on a schedule and like you can't you can't sort of get in the way of that. And so there was a lot of um, free planning on my part and just sort of like knocking knocking out the takes whenever we had like a quick little second and kind of, you know, making sure we were on the same page and <laughs> just hilarious. being goofballs. Um, but I think it's so fun, especially with a show that's really serious, to um, to find moments of levity and, uh, and to enjoy yourself. Absolutely. I think that's really critical in the self, self-care department. <laughs> So, whose idea was it to just keep going and doing them as often as you could? It was me. I just, I don't know. I'm glutton for punishment, but also those things entertain me so much (laughs) that that I just, it's a common theme in my life where I come up with what I think is a great idea and then, you know, have to deal with the execution of all of it. That's hilarious. <laughs> but I'm glad. And she's, and, and she's carried on the tradition with Erin, which I think is awesome. So I, I definitely uh, planted a seed That's there that I'm very proud of. Now, do you ever anticipate wanting to go back and do Christine again? You know, again? I had said, 
when I was leaving, I was like, if you ever need me for, say, like, you know, Karen wants to go on vacation and you just need somebody to fill in for, like, you know, two shows a week for, like, a week or two here or there, I would totally be game for that. I don't know that I see myself doing another long run mm-hmm. there, um, but it's such a great family. Uh, they're great people to, to work with, and obviously it's an amazing part. Um, and so, you know, I, I certainly never never say never as far as, as, far <laughs> as that goes. I would, I, would be, I would be fortunate for them to, you know, to ask me to, to come back in and, and make a cameo. Um, but I'm also, you know, excited about having kind of the freedom to move on to, to new projects and um, and keep um, challenging myself that way. That's awesome. That's so great. I love that. And so you have been responsible, I'm sure, for making the dreams of so many young women that want to be on Broadway, that are sopranos, that have sung phantom music for years, that have watched the movie, that have seen the show on Broadway. Meeting people at the stage door must have been overwhelming in a really great way yeah it's it's really uh, I don't know how to describe it it's interesting because I have since I went to Yale I have a lot of amazing friends that are doing really 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 amazing things for example a doctor or you know my friend Lindsay who um, helps fix the sanitation and provides jobs in Kenya um, and is helping the environment simultaneously, and, you know, amazing teachers and amazing um, journalists, you know, just people doing lots of lots of really, really cool things. And I think it's easy for me to be like, well, I just sing on stage. It's really fun. I'm really lucky that I get to do this as a job. But what was really amazing about doing Phantom and playing Christine and also being the first Christine of color was that I got a lot of really direct feedback from um, from people at the stage door and on the internet that um, that were really uh, generous about telling me how um, how I impacted their lives in a positive way and inspired them and I think that it's really it's, I'm, I'm really grateful for that I think that um, it's it's really wonderful to feel like beyond fulfilling my personal passion that I get to um, to help other people and inspire other people because I know that that, you know, if I hadn't had that, I don't know that I would be in the business myself. I talk a lot about how being Leia Salada, who's Filipino, like me, um, playing Eponine in Les Mis was like a huge watershed for me because I saw her do that. Like, oh, it doesn't have to, like, these roles don't have to look one way Mm -hmm. or, you know, it doesn't have to be this, just this type of performer. Um, These doors could be open for me and, um, and I, I think I've had somebody, you know, that we have, we have looked up to and has inspired us um, to pursue this. So, um, so I'm, I'm grateful that I've been able to impact other people in a positive way. That's incredible. So I have a story that I, this person doesn't know I'm going to share it, but she'll find out when she listens to this episode. <laughs> um, a few years back, Before you and I had met, really, I have a student that is an incredible singer and played Christine in her high school show. And for her end-of-the-year present, her mom got her tickets to see Fanta. And at the time, I knew that um, you and Kaylee were alternating who was doing what role and whatever. So I called Kaylee and was like, what days are you on? And it was the day that she was going, my student was going, Kaylee was off. 
She's like, but Allie's going to be there. Allie's great. It's going to be fantastic, whatever. So I was like, okay. So I think I, I can't even remember how it happened, but I think I reached out to you and was like, so I'm sure you get these emails all the time, but I have a student that's coming and she played Christine. And I think I sent you a video, which I probably shouldn't have done, but I did it anyways. I didn't really care. (laughs) And (laughs) you turned her whole you turned everything around for her and she is in college and doing amazingly well and is still singing and is um, singing phantom songs to her heart's content. But to have the ability to change the life of someone, is that something that if you looked at your life 10 years ago and you would be able to say, oh my, let's say even further than 10 years ago. So let's say like 15, 20 years ago. Would you be able to say, oh my God, I'm going to change someone's life and it's going to be doing exactly what I love doing? Oh, well, thank, thank you for that. I, yeah, I, honestly, I don't know that that even occurred to me that I would ever have that power, um, which I think is why it's so, I mean, I think, I think that's, that's why this whole thing is so amazing is, is that like really what I was doing was following my own passion, um, and it's, it's given me so many gifts um, in return. And I love passing that along. Um, I love the opportunity to, like, pay all of that forward because I feel so fortunate about what I've gotten to do. And um, and I don't know. That's really it, – it, it's I, – I, I don't even know how to, like, to, to process that um, completely. But I, I just I, – I love, I love that I can, you know – inspire other people and um I think that's really that's really awesome I don't I don't know that I I don't I don't know that I yeah I really sort of dreamt this far (laughs) about what impact my life would have well if you would like to know it has had an incredible impact on my student and then an incredible impact in just your kindness and graciousness in with your busy schedule, having the time to just sit down and do this crazy podcast. So I'm very, very grateful. (laughs) Well, it has been my pleasure. Well, thank you. I want to do a couple things. I want to play a little um, rapid fire game with you because I would love our audience to get to know you as a person, not just an artist. So I'm going to ask you some questions and you can answer however you see fit. Okay. All right. What's your favorite color? Favorite candy? <laughs> I'm really nervous right now. I'm not good with decisions. Um, hot tamales. Ooh, favorite TV show? Ooh, uh, I don't know. Game of Thrones, Grey's Anatomy. I still watch Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> favorite pre-show meal? Um, a salad from Sweet Greens. Ooh, that sounds really good. Favorite post-show meal? Um, a bag of salt and vinegar potato chips. Favorite show <laughs> other than Phantom currently on Broadway? Currently on Broadway. Um, oh, gosh. Come From Away. I love Come From Away. It's beautiful. Uh, favorite go-to musical genre? <laughs> legit. Always legit. <laughs> if you could do any other occupation, what would it be? Um, I don't know. I get something with psychology. Okay. Maybe a social worker or a psychiatrist or something like that. Favorite movie? When Harry Met Sally. 
Celebrity crush. Oh, I don't know who my celebrity crush is. I mean, the first person that comes to mind is Jay Armstrong Johnson, but um, I'll, so, I'll throw Sierra Bogus in there, too. They count as celebrities, right? Totally so you do know who your celebrity crush is. I see what you did there. <laughs> You're like, I don't know, but this person is great. So, yes. <laughs> so count. Um, <laughs> what is the what is a cast recording you're addicted to right now? Oh, good question. You know what? I am terrible at listening to like full albums. I'm gonna say waitress. Okay. Favorite Broadway show before 1975. <laughs> West Side Story. Yes, it's so good. Um, fee, uh, guilty pleasure snack. Oh gosh, we've already been through the salt and vinegar potato chips. So I mean, like, if we're going really bad, it would be like flaming hot Cheetos. Yes, things you should not <laughs> eat while you sing Christine in Phantom Space. No, <laughs> things you shouldn't eat ever in life, except you know, sometimes for fun. <laughs> uh, guilty pleasure television show. Oh, um, what is, I don't know how guilty it is, but I'm going to say The Great British Baking Show. Ooh, okay. Because it's awesome. That's my favorite reality show these days. Favorite holiday? Christmas. Summer, Christmas. summer <laughs> spring, winter, or fall? Uh, spring. East Coast or West Coast? East Coast. All the way. I'm just on the West Coast. It's awesome too, but East Coast. I'm with you. Favorite vacation spot? Oh, um, I like just like a beach, like a nice. Their umbrella. Say that one more time. Your phone cut out. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, a, a nice quiet beach somewhere with a book under an umbrella. Boom. This this second to last question is in three parts. So, what is your dream role that you have already played as a teenager or a, a young adult, which you still are, so that was a terrible way to phrase this. Um, I'm going to keep going with the question. Your dream role that you are currently able to play at the age that you are, and then a dream role that you look ahead for, 25, 30 years, and you're like, that's a role I will be playing. Oh, wow. Okay, that's a cool question. Okay. Dream role. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Maria in West Side Story as the as a younger person. Um oh gosh. I'm gonna go I'm gonna say Sarah Brown in Guys and Dolls, because yeah. I haven't done that yet. That's awesome. And then down. Hmm. I'm going to go for Madame Jury in Phantom because yes. our Madame Jury, uh, Marie Johnson right now was the first, one of the first Christines in Australia. And she's awesome. Wow. That's amazing. So I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to, you know, keep, keep going in the, in the Phantom line. Absolutely. <laughs> please, please. Somebody else. That's yeah. so cool. And then my last question is kind of a funny question. Do you have any <laughs> do you have any stories of things that went horribly wrong in the middle of a phantom performance? <laughs> Do I have any stories? Yeah. Um, I don't 
do I have any stories? Oh yes. Um, okay. What's what? Um, uh, hmm. What's just many. There are like genuinely so many. Um, I I told the story a bit, but I um, I splatted pretty hardcore. I mean, I felt fell down lots of times. Um, my first fall was um, in the lair, and the first lair I um, was singing to the fan, you know, like to phantom's mask um to see what was under there and i pulled off the mask and i ran and i slid on the dry ice and i fell and the bottom of my hands um scraped against the portcullis the gate thing and then i got up and i ran and i thought i was fine and i got off stage and was like are you okay i was like oh i'm totally fine and there was like blood on my hand and blood on my negligee and blood on the mask so that was sort of unfortunate um <laughs> I, um, oh, I've fallen so many times. Once I got up to leave after, um, Twisted in Managers 2. Mm-hmm. I, I can't! And then I went, and I went to run up, and I fell, because my dress was in the chair somehow, and so I just sort of fell to my knees, and, like, thankfully, um, Kern Bennett, who was playing Fearman, sort of lifted up the chair to get me off, and I turned back, and I went, I'm sorry, which is my line, but in that way, I'm like, oops, um, and ran off that way. Um, Jay and I somehow in masquerade, I just, like, I we were dancing, and then I was on the floor. I'm not usually that clutchy of a person on stage, um, <laughs> but I, like, it's, he said it looked like I did some sort of, like, sit spin, because I just, like, sat and spun and got right back up again um, <laughs> in the middle of masquerade, and then, of course, you know, there are the times, and it's has happened to me a bunch where we've had to um, magically walk on water because um, something with the boat has gone awry, um, be it um, stuck sort of like back um, and um, the phantom and I have to communicate that we're going to, you know, get out of the boat and walk as if we're, you know, magically standing on land that's supposed to be a lake. (laughs) That's funny. Um, yeah, there, <laughs> there have been, you know, different, different, um, uh, just te- technical, te- technical difficulties, and you know, my own, my own quadcitas for sure. But you know, it keeps it, keeps it interesting. It keeps it fresh. So, <laughs> it really does. Oh my god! It really, really does. <laughs> I am so appreciative of you. I'm so thankful for you, and I'm so glad that we had this opportunity to, for, as Carol Burnett says, I'm so glad we had this time together. Um, what I want to do is I want people to be able to find you and follow you and to support you and your career. So do you have a website people can go to? I do. It's www.allieewaldsalieewaldt.com. Um, and then I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Both are just my name. And I have a Facebook fan page as well, because why not cover all of the genres? <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> please come along. I do lots of, you know, really silly, ridiculous things as we've talked about on um, on the Instagram more than more than anything. But I try to, you know, at least keep it keep it light. Oh my can't, goodness! Can't take oneself too seriously these days. <laughs> That's very true. Very very true. Well, I am so appreciative. <laughs> Everybody, go to www.allieewalt.com. 
Facebook.com. Go on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the things. Find her, support her. YouTube also has some great videos up there too. So I am so grateful that you've been here. I look forward to the next time we get to speak and I look forward to hearing what you're doing coming up this summer. Um, if it's anywhere close to where I will be, I would love to come see it, but who knows? But thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, keep keep an eye out. I sure will. Thank you so much, and have a fantastic evening and a wonderful, wonderful holiday weekend. I'm very excited. It's Memorial Day weekend this weekend, so have a fantastic Yay. holiday yes, weekend. Thank you. Same to you. Sending lots of love. You also love much and thanks for everything and have a wonderful, wonderful night. And I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye.